It's Monday, November 27th. I'm Trayvall Anderson. And I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And this is What A Day, where Thanksgiving might be over, but we are feasting with concert films this year. Beyonce's Renaissance documentary just premiered, though somehow my invite must have got lost. It has to be the Postal Service's fault. Or Jay-Z. I don't think he ever (laughs) liked me. You can blame it on him. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) On today's show, George Floyd's murderer, Derek Chauvin, is stable after being stabbed in prison. Plus, the Union for Hollywood Actors, SAG-AFTRA, releases the full text of its deal with studios to convince more members to vote for it. But first, the latest out of Israel and Gaza. Under a temporary four-day-long ceasefire agreement reached last week between Israel and Hamas, 17 more hostages held by Hamas were released on Sunday, while at least 120 aid trucks entered Gaza via Egypt. This makes for a total of 58 hostages released by Hamas over the first three days of the ceasefire, which has been the longest break in the violence since Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th. Take a listen to Adva Adar, the granddaughter of an 85-year-old woman who was released on Friday. She was talking to CNN about what it was like to have her grandmother back. Wow. Really, it's it's overwhelming, but we're very excited and we're very grateful uh, that we got the chance to see her. It's a mixed feelings because we're also very concerned and worried about the other 211 people that are still being held hostage, including my cousin Tamir. I definitely understand the mixed feelings, mixed emotions that they spoke to there. Can you tell us more about the hostages who were released over the past few days? Definitely. Hamas released Israeli women and children and citizens of the U.S., Thailand, Poland, the Philippines, and Russia. Most arrived in Israel, but others left through Egypt. And according to Israel, one elderly woman was actually airlifted directly to a hospital, not because she was harmed in any way. She just, you know, was an elderly woman who wasn't receiving the same type of care that she normally was. So, you know, in the absence of that over the six week period needed to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. to be seen. So there were nine children under the age of 17 who were being held hostage and have since been released. The youngest hostage so far was released yesterday, four-year-old Abigail Idan. She is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, actually the first American to be released under the terms of the ceasefire. Her parents were killed in the October 7th attack, so really just awful story. But according to President Biden, she is now safe in Israel. Gotcha. So we've got some release of hostages. What do the people of Gaza get in return for that release of hostages? So in return for Hamas releasing at least 50 of the remaining hostages they held, all women and children, Israel agreed to four days of a ceasefire, as well as the release of 150 Palestinian women and children from Israeli prisons, some of whom were detained for violent crimes and some of whom were actually detained but never formally charged with any crimes. So far, 117 Palestinians have been released from Israeli prisons, On Sunday, a bus carrying 39 of them, all teenagers, arrived in the West Bank city of Ramallah. Gotcha. Can you tell us more about how this deal even 
came together in the first place behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, this ceasefire deal came together after weeks of negotiation that started actually very shortly after the October 7th attack itself. U.S. officials played a huge role in pushing Hamas and working with Israel. Qatar and Egypt acted as intermediaries in these discussions. And President Biden, along with other senior U.S. officials, spent a lot of time communicating with the families of these hostages and assuring them that they were doing everything they could to bring their family members back home safely. That is actually a contrast that has been drawn, you know, by these family members of hostages about, you know, the support and the communication they were receiving from President Biden and the U.S. government versus the Israeli government, which I thought had been very interesting. Mm -hmm. This deal was not without its hiccups, though. Hamas officials threatened to walk away from talks after the Israeli military entered Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza earlier this month. But talks resumed on November 17th with Israel signing off on the agreement by Wednesday, the 22nd. And of course, the ceasefire was in motion by Friday. There were fears over the weekend that the agreement might fall apart after Hamas claimed that Israel went back on parts of it and threatened to postpone the release of a second wave of hostages in response to that. But after an hour's long delay, they eventually went ahead with the release. And now it continues, which is really just great news for these hostages and their families that have been waiting for, you know, weeks and weeks now to know that they're safe and to have them home. Absolutely. Thanks for that update on the hostages themselves, Priyanka. And now after that, right, much of the discussion has turned to what will happen on day five after this negotiated pause ends and the agreed upon number of hostages are freed. President Biden has said that, quote, the chances are real that this pause could lead to a longer term ceasefire. But most immediately, it looks like the current pause, which would end today, could be extended in the meantime time. Part of the deal negotiated between Hamas and Israel is that for every 10 hostages that Hamas releases beyond that initial 50, Israel will pause violence by another day. According to Qatar's prime minister, who helped broker this agreement, like you mentioned, more than 40 other women and children are allegedly being held captive in Gaza, but not by Hamas. And so if Hamas can finagle those hostages for release, he says that there would likely be be an extension. Just looking at the numbers, though, if such an extension did happen, the total pause would be about 10 days total. Got it. Okay. So I know there have been some new developments over the last day. What is the sense now that either Israel or Hamas want an extension? Yeah, so both Israel and Hamas have expressed kind of an openness to a temporary extension of the pause in line with those already negotiated parameters that I just mentioned. But diplomacy analysts note that both parties don't really have strong reasons to consider much of an extension in the first place. For example, if Hamas releases all of the hostages, they won't really have whatever leverage that they might have had over Israel. Not to mention, they have to also appease in some ways the other rival military groups that operate in Gaza, like the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So, you know, too many concessions with Israel and Hamas's allies might not be happy or cooperative. And then on Israel's side, even though their response to Hamas's attack on October 7 has killed more than 13,000 Palestinians, that's according to health officials in Gaza, 
They haven't actually made too much headway in specifically wiping out Hamas yet. According to estimates cited by the New York Times, only a little over 2,000 Hamas fighters have been killed in the war thus far. That is out of some 40,000 people, so only about 5%, meaning that any sort of longer-term extension of this ceasefire would mean that Netanyahu wouldn't be able to make good on his vows. And that could harm him politically as the calls for his resignation or replacement seem to be growing by both elected officials, a part of his conservative regime, and those who are not. Right. And those figures that you are pointing out, I mean, even just the estimate that only a little over 2,000 Hamas fighters have been killed thus far, that's 15%, you know, of the total 13,000 Palestinians that have died over the past Mm -hmm. six weeks as a result of Israel's bombing campaign in Gaza. I think it underscores the ineffectiveness of this particular tactic of Mm -hmm. indiscriminate airstrikes in terms of rooting out terrorism, which remains to be seen if anything will change. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But anyways, any extension in the pause would certainly be a positive thing. So many people really hopeful about the release of the hostages, families who are hopeful that they will see their loved ones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a pause in this violence that has cost so many lives for so many people. So let's say that, you know, this happens. It does happen. It's a full 10 day long hold on the fighting. What happens after all of those hostages are returned? Do we know? Well, so that answer is a little uncertain, but Netanyahu has basically made Israel's priorities fairly clear. He actually said on Sunday, quote, we have three goals in this war. Eliminate Hamas, return all of our hostages, and ensure that Gaza will not go back to being a threat to the state of Israel. He added, quote, We are convinced that we have the force, the strength, the will, and the determination to achieve all of our goals for the war. Got it. All right. So throughout all of those updates, you know, protests on every side of this issue have continued What was this weekend like in that regard? Yeah, so I'll do a quick little roundup here. First, in London, there were two demonstrations over the weekend. Here is a clip recorded by Forbes. Thank you for keeping up the pressure. Thank you for coming out to show Israel and your government that you will not relent. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Free, free. That is sound from a pro-Palestinian march that took place Saturday. An estimated 45,000 protesters marched through the city calling for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza. It was a largely peaceful gathering. Only 18 arrests were made, according to officials. And then on Sunday, a second march happened, this one against anti-Semitism. Take a listen to this protester interviewed by The Guardian. We, the Jewish community, are worried about the current situation here in the United Kingdom, the rising wave of anti-Semitism, and we worry about the future. So together with all of the people here today, we are protesting against the rise of anti-Semitism, and we're hoping that the British government will support the Jewish community in their efforts to suppress the anti-Semitism that's rising and taking over the society. 
Varying estimates for the demonstration put attendees between 60,000 and 100,000. And it happened as crimes against Jewish people have increased dramatically since the October attack. According to the BBC, there were 554 reports of anti-Semitism in London between the 1st of October and the 1st of November this year. So over just that one month time period. That's compared with just 44 instances in the same period last year. Also, at the same time, Islamophobic hate crimes have also been on the rise in London, with 220 instances in that same one-month period compared to just 78 last year. Right, of course, as we've dealt with all of the violence, the death, the tragedy in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. we deal with all of the hate and the ensuing violence and tragedy that comes from it just all around the world. It's been... Awful, but I know we are no stranger to protests right here at home. What has been happening in America? Yeah, so protests continued throughout the holiday break with the famed Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade being a bit livelier than usual, perhaps. (laughs) That's because some pro-Palestinian demonstrators calling for a permanent ceasefire, they dressed themselves in white jumpsuits with fake blood splashed on themselves, and they tried to glue their hands to the pavement of the parade route. One protester, as they were being detained by police, proclaimed, quote, we have nothing to celebrate. In total, 34 people were detained by police at the parade. Four of them faced charges including harassment, obstruction of governmental administration, and resisting arrest. The other 30 were cited for trespassing and disorderly conduct. This, though, was just one of a number of demonstrations that happened over the holiday break, which also included protests aimed at disrupting Black Friday shopping. And I'm sure we will continue to see demonstrations in the days and weeks ahead but that is the latest for now we'll be back after some ads what a day is brought to you by viore viore's performance wear clothes are designed to look great no matter what you're doing both in and out of the gym and they might be the most comfortable pants i've ever worn in my life Buttery soft, yes. So soft. Yes. I have on one of their cropped sweaters, and it's a staple now. I don't think I'll be taking it off until next week. But don't judge me. (laughs) I won't judge you. And don't judge me for not working out, but wearing comfortable workout clothes. That is, I feel like, required. That's part of the beauty of Viore. On the couch, in the gym, it still works. I look like I work out (laughs) and like I dress cute when I work out. But in fact... I don't do either. And this is just me dressing normally and comfortably. That's the flex, though, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. So for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at Viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to Viore.com slash wad and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. We're big fans of therapy on here, on the show. We absolutely are. Yeah. We absolutely are because, listen, you're going to need it, okay, to mm-hmm. get through this year ahead of us. And so why not check out BetterHelp? 
to give you the the necessary coping tools, you know what I mean, just to be able to keep on keeping on, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. and offers their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee along with free plant consultation forever. Okay, so this weekend we started planting in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some wildflowers. We're also doing some trees we bought from Fast Growing Trees. I would love to tell you what kind of trees they are, but I have already forgotten as soon as I bought them. However, they look great, and I'm very excited to have a backyard that makes it look like I know what I'm doing. Listen, I love Fast Growing Trees because these plants that I have now bought over the last couple years of them supporting this show, I would like to report they are still alive. Okay, and so I officially have a green thumb. You do? Thanks to Fast Growing Trees. That is very impressive. (laughs) To keep them alive that long is very, very impressive. Right now, Fast Growing Trees, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Derek Chauvin, the ex-Minneapolis police officer who murdered George Floyd in 2020, is reportedly in stable condition after a fellow inmate stabbed him in federal prison on Friday. The incident was first reported by the Associated Press that day when the Bureau of Federal Prisons said that an incarcerated individual was assaulted at the Federal Corrections Institute in Tucson, Arizona. Chauvin has been serving out two concurrent prison sentences there since 2022, and a source familiar with the matter identified Chauvin as the individual who was attacked to the press. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison confirmed the stabbing on Saturday and said that Chauvin's condition had stabilized. Officials say that no employees were injured in Friday's attack and that the FBI is aware of the incident. In the meantime, all visitation to the prison has been suspended, quote, until further notice. Three Palestinian college students were shot in Burlington, Vermont on Saturday. The 20-year-old men were walking near the University of Vermont while visiting a relative. Burlington police said that a white man approached them with a handgun and, without saying anything, fired four times and then fled. Two of the victims are in stable condition and the third sustained more serious injuries. Two of the three victims were wearing kafayas, which are traditional Palestinian scarves. All three men graduated from a high school in the occupied West Bank and are now currently attending various U.S. universities. The attacker hasn't yet been identified or caught by authorities, and the police department said they are still in the earliest stages of investigating this possible hate crime. The Council on American-Islamic Relations announced that they are offering a $10,000 reward for any information on the shooting targeting the three students. But this is tragically part of a broader pattern. The organization said they have seen an unprecedented surge in anti-Muslim and anti-Arab hate since the beginning of the crisis in Gaza last month. It's troubling for so many reasons. It really needs to stop. 
Switching gears now to yet another update in Silicon Valley drama, Sam Altman has officially been reinstated as the CEO of OpenAI, the company that created ChatGPT. The artificial intelligence company announced the move last Tuesday, just days after its board of directors pushed Altman out of the company. Greg Brockman, the company's president, who quit in solidarity with Altman, also returned to the company. And OpenAI also announced a new, quote, initial board of directors that is made up of three members. It is worth noting that the only two women on the board are now gone. You'll remember the whirlwind of events that led up to Altman's return, starting with his ouster from OpenAI on Friday, November 17th. That was followed by Microsoft, which is OpenAI's biggest investor, hiring Altman and Brockman at their company. Then after all of that, nearly all of OpenAI's close to 800 staff members signed on to an open letter, basically threatening to join Microsoft if Altman and Brockman were not reinstated at OpenAI. In a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, Altman wrote on Tuesday, quote, I am looking forward to returning to OpenAI and building our strong partnership with Microsoft. My head is spinning. That is a lot. <laughs> the man has had to update his LinkedIn twice in one week. That is more than I have done in the last seven years. So it's just a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. So much drama, so much back and forth, so much foolishness. Hi, hi, hi. Sean Diddy Combs is facing his third accusation of sexual assault in a month, according to a lawsuit filed in New York last Thursday. A woman identified as Jane Doe alleged that Combs and the R&B singer Aaron Hall assaulted her and her friend at Hall's apartment. In a different lawsuit, Joy Dickerson Neal accused Combs of assault and battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, sex trafficking, gender-motivated violence, and making and disseminating revenge porn. Both of these cases pertain to alleged incidents that happened in the early 1990s. And these women filed suits just one day before a provision of New York's Survivors Act expired last Friday, a temporary provision that allowed victims to file claims older than 20 years old. All of this comes just a week after singer and actress Cassie filed a $30 million lawsuit alleging that Combs raped, sex trafficked, and abused her starting when she was 19 years old. This case was settled one day later, but the amount of money wasn't made public. Actor Jamie Foxx, New York Mayor Eric Adams, and singer Axl Rose were among others accused of sexual assault before the Adult Survivors Act deadline. In labor news you may have missed this week, SAG-AFTRA, the union representing more than 160,000 Hollywood actors, published the full tentative labor agreement reached with the studio executives earlier this month. The 129-page draft was posted online on Friday as union members weigh whether or not to ratify the deal. In the past, actors have traditionally relied on the union's detailed summaries of new contracts to decide. But after several members pressured the union's leadership for more details of the new deal, SAG-AFTRA President Fran Drescher promised that the full text would be made public. Many union members have praised the new agreement, which is valued at $1 billion in new wages and benefits. But some still aren't satisfied with the provisions around generative AI. Matthew Modine, one of the members of SAG-AFTRA's own national board, said last week that he voted against the New Deal because he believes that it doesn't provide actors enough protection from digital exploitation. SAG-AFTRA members have until December 5th to vote. I know we will be watching that very closely on this program. Absolutely. 
And finally, Beyonce's highly anticipated Renaissance film made its world premiere Saturday night at the Samuel Goldwyn Theater in Beverly Hills. And it was, of course, a star-studded event. Among those who graced the chrome carpet, a red carpet sans the red, were Beyonce's parents, most of the former Destiny's Child members, as well as Lupita Nyong'o, Lizzo, Janelle Monet, Issa Rae, Laverne Cox, and many, many others. And if you're wondering where Taylor Swift was, since Beyonce made an appearance at her LA premiere of the Eras tour film, Swift was performing in South America. The night's dress code was reportedly, quote, cozy opulence, and opulence was definitely served. Beyonce herself wore a silver Versace gown with metallic opera gloves. She also skipped the carpet altogether and entered the theater just as the lights went down as a diva does. Yes. The film reportedly features footage from several performances of Queen Bee's recent blockbuster tour and includes appearances from special guests like Megan Thee Stallion, who joined Beyonce on stage in a Houston show, as well as the iconic Diana Ross singing Happy Birthday to Beyonce in LA. That's the show I attended. The movie also features Beyonce's 11-year-old daughter, Blue Ivy Carter, who joined her mom on stage as a dancer for My Power, which was apparently only supposed to be a one-time thing, and she saw some of you all's horrible comments about her dancing, and she decided that she was going to work a little harder and show all of y'all up. So maybe y'all should stop talking about children when they show up in public. Or I mean, keep talking about them because maybe they'll have a revenge arc like Blue Ivy and like turn out to be one of the best dancers we've ever seen by the end Valid of the tour. Point. I don't know. Just Valid one point. or the other. <laughs> the right answer is, is either one of the two. <laughs> Valid point. Anyway, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, is in theaters this Friday. Get your tickets while you can. But if you haven't already, you might already be a little too late if we're being honest. Yeah, babes. What if you missed the tickets? You're not getting in on Friday. You're getting in at some point. It's just not opening weekend. But maybe you can live with that. But you want to be there opening weekend. Okay. I think we all should wear our cozy opulence, which to me sounds just like sweatpants. I know. Um, I I was like a Versace gown, cozy (laughs) opulence. That is giving my finest sweatsuit. But it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go, starting to get dizzy from the polar coaster or nauseous from watching the 2024 Republican primary, you are not alone, but good news, you have got something better to do. Join the Votes of America community for all the tools you need to take action in this presidential election cycle, from volunteer opportunities to making sure that you're registered to vote. At Vote Save America, being an engaged citizen doesn't start next year. It starts right now. So head to votesaveamerica.com slash years to find out how you can get involved today. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, keep eating those leftovers, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just watching Beyonce docs like me, what is it? It's also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Trayvell Anderson. And, and where, where was our, our invite, invite to the, the premiere, B? Again, I'm blaming Jay-Z. I'm blaming Louis DeJoy. I'm blaming Louis <laughs> <Yeah. Thomas. laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. 
Our show's producer is Itzy Quintanilla, Raven Yamamoto, and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. And our showrunner is Leo Duran. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high.